Alright, boys. Baby Guinness, baby Guinness, baby Guinness. It. Oh, is he alright? What, Brian? He's he's had a bit of everyone. He's already a bit gone. It's half nine in the morning, mate. Relative yeah, time. Galway time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the anniversary, isn't it, of the. Uh... So, uh, uh, God knows. Oh, I can't do that on the BBC. <laughs> A Frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slog, Starlight 59. These are the continued voyages of me, Eddie Edwards, and Mark, whatever surname he wants to go by, uh, as we track our way through all of Star Trek. <laughs> um, how, how you doing, Mark? How, how you been? Eddie. It's not unfair to say, today, today is the day I understand football. <laughs> today is the day I get it. Right, okay. Uh so I'm a I'm a big bandwagoner, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I'll say that about myself. I, I I take no I don't think it's embarrassing. I love pop culture. I think it's important. I like when things in pop culture are relevant. I get behind it. And uh I was never a big football guy. I'm thirty four years old. My family are very big into football. Uh, I'm from Glasgow. Glasgow has a big football culture because it has a derby, Celtic and Rangers, which comes down to more than football. <laughs> There's like religion and stuff in it. I was never a big part of that. I never really understood it. I always thought it was a bit dumb. Yeah, calling the Glasgow football scene a uh, rivalry is a bit like describing the Middle East as a bit of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously... Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, they bought Wrexham, a fifth-tier English team. A, a fifth-tier English league team. They are they themselves are Welsh. Yeah. Uh, I, I got on board. I really liked the documentary. I actually went to the race course to see a game. I bought a jersey. I bought a scarf and all that. Blah, blah, blah. Turns out my fiancé's best mate's granddad used to play for Wrexham and all that, right? So it was all great. Now, this... If you've been watching Welcome to Wrexham, last season is when Rob and Ryan came in, and it was like a Hollywood finish, and spoilers, in that they got to the end of the season, they came up from like 13th uh, to 2nd, but in that league only the first team goes up, so they had to go into the playoffs, and they lost in the playoffs, so they had to stay in the, in the league. This year this season they've been first but they've been kind of swapping first with Notts County who are a team who came down from the league above and so have better players blah 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 neck and neck right they've been neck and neck all season today with four games to go and with them equal 
basically equal on points, they played each other in what has been described as the single most important game in the history of the National League. <laughs> right. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you like a quick play-by-play because my response, my my text to my WhatsApp group in which I have a lot of football fans was, all caps, you can't fucking write it. Um, <laughs> at the end of the first... The first half was now now until the last, the dying seconds when the other team went 1-0 up. In the opening seconds of the second half, we went one each. Then it went to 2-1 them, 2-2 us, bummer, or maybe the other way around, I don't know. Then it went to 3-2 us, Wrexham, with about 10 minutes to go which I had a bet on, which made me feel good. <laughs> uh, and then, in the last 10 seconds of added time, they got a penalty against us. <laughs> and the new keeper that we've just brought in, who came out of retirement to play for Wrexham, <laughs> fucking saved it. <laughs> Mate, it was like it was like it was like watching Space Jam happen. <laughs> Is the only way I could I could describe it. <laughs> That's my I, I don't I never I don't give a fuck about sports. My so my one sports reference is it's Space Jam. It's Space Jam, yeah. <laughs> it, it was like watching Space Jam live. <laughs> And to be fair, according to some of the other people, uh, the keeper did have extended cartoon arms. That's the only way he could possibly <laughs> save that. Role. But uh, Jesus, I get it. I get it. Yeah, there's when you when when you have moments like that as a sports fan, they just yeah. There's nothing quite like it. And I got to watch it with my dad who I have been a perennial disappointment to uh, <laughs> when it comes to his own interests because my dad is very much a man's man, very much a sports guy. So I spent the last week... Um, I don't want to incriminate myself. Uh, I spent the last week with my Amazon Fire Stick doing absolutely nothing illegal to it um, in order to access <laughs> illegal content. I don't know what you're talking about if you... Uh, I don't know if Pretty Patel would get me deported for this. Uh, so I, I have all the sports channels now because I pay for them legally, Your Honour, or whatever. So I could have watched it in my own house, but I thought, no, I'll go round my dad's and watch it with him. That'll be quite nice. Nice little bonding moment. And uh, yeah. I, th- I think for the first time in my life, I've made him proud. I'm, I'm, no, I'm that's not true. My dad quite likes me. Casey, <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> my dad's quite proud of all my achievements. We just don't have the same interests. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pleased for you, especially because my only like sports adjacent story of the week is being. I, so I, I watched I, I watched WrestleMania. I think you, you watched it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a live stream by um, the guys from WrestleTalk at the same time, just to have because because I, I, I had nobody who was free to come around and watch it. So I, I was listening to them, and Roman Reigns' main event against Cody Rhodes um, started with um, Roman Reigns having been played to the ring by six grand pianos, <laughs> uh, like final boss music. And the guy, one of the guys on the stream, a guy called Dam, went, "There's nothing like pro wrestling." And by the end of that match, I was sat there going, "I don't know why I watched this." 
Um, yeah. It was the most disappointing thing ever. If you're going to try and continue a storyline in wrestling, I understand that, but you have to you have to give me a reason to tune in to to watch. And apparently, I I haven't seen it, but worst Raw ever started trending worldwide. Um, during I heard this, Raw. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't bother watching it, but then. I got some lovely wrestling news, um, which has made up for it completely. Because AEW, a wrestling promotion I watch, because it is significantly better. Because it isn't run by an insane elderly billionaire. It is run by a sane, coked-up, normal-age billionaire. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they've announced that they're doing a a London show. um, After They've been teasing this for a while. Um, Mark, I, I want you to guess what venue... They're, they're running in London. Oh. Uh, just to give you a heads up, the guy who owns AEW, the billionaire who owns it, also owns uh, Fulham. Uh, so he owns Craven Cottage. Is it is it that thing that you just said? No, it's Wembley Stadium, Mark. Oh, that's <laughs> Queen played there once. <laughs> yeah. Well, a different stadium. But yeah, on the same... Gre- yes. Yeah. They, uh, it, it, I, I don't know how... It, Either they fill it and it's the most amazing thing in the world, or they don't fill it and it's a hilarious failure. But either way, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I'll when is it? I'll I'll come. Get get me a ticket and I'll come. I'll pay for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be right. there. I will, yeah. I'll let you know. Tickets go on sale next month sometime. So I'll right. I'll let you know. But about you it. but you buy them because I I don't want to go and not be sat next to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's gonna. Cut. It's going to come down to seeing how many tickets I'm allowed to buy. It's going to be a big... And also, what are the cheapest t- seats available? When Because I'm, I'm well up for buying the tickets right at the back, on the grounds that if they don't fill it up, they'll probably move me down, move yeah, us down closer choice. to the front, on the grounds that it doesn't want to, they don't want it to look shit on TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much a casual wrestling fan. Like Most years, I'll watch the Rumble... Because I really like the specific Royal Rumble match. I, I, yeah. I think the Royal Rumble match is kind of a macro microcosm of the entirety of the WWE. Or macro, whatever the phrase is, right? Yeah. Like, the, 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 the people who speak Latin are going to be furious who listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll watch the Rumble and then I'll kind of try and keep up a little bit and then I'll watch WrestleMania. Uh, and that's yeah. basically what I did this year. Um, but this year... Uh, I was going to watch it alone until my brother texted me earlier and said, you know, what, what are you up to tonight? Uh, I said, I'm going to get a few tins in and watch WrestleMania. So he came around. Um, and my brother is, like, not a wrestling fan by any stretch of the imagination. However, I think that his being there kind of taught me everything that I love about wrestling, which is that Logan Paul had a match <laughs> against Seth Rollins, and everyone hates Logan Paul. Uh, yeah. So he was super invested and it's fun to watch someone else who's super invested because Logan Paul cunt yeah but incredible wrestler I like, know it's so undeniably annoying. amazing <laughs> he he wrestled Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia yeah and at one point he did a moonsault off the turnbuckle to hit Roman Reigns through a table whilst he was filming it on his phone, (laughs) shouting, I'm going to make you go viral, Roman. And then they uploaded the footage, and he managed to film the whole thing. 
It's incredible. It's, uh, I, I make this clear. I hate Logan Paul as a person. As a wrestling talent, he is undeniably phenomenal. And yeah. As a wrestling fan, you have no idea how annoying that is. So that was the thing, right? Because Laura, my fiance, she stayed up to watch, as if I need to explain that, she's the only person who listens to this. So <laughs> uh, she watched the Rumble match, the men's Rumble match for me. And yeah. when Logan Paul came in, she was like, oh, fuck this guy. But then he was great. So when Stephen came round to watch the rest, like she stayed up for the John Cena match because she likes oh, Cena, yeah. um, and then it was like, "Oh, Logan Paul comes up later," and Stephen was like, "Logan Paul." And before I could say it, Laura turned around and went, "Yeah, but he's amazing." <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, have to understand. his spot with he's Ricochet in the Rumble, where they leapt from the opposite sides, top rope into each other, is simultaneously. One of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling, and also one of the stupidest things, because it's like on a on a, a storyline level, what were either of you thinking you were gonna do there? <laughs> what was your plan other than meh? <laughs> I was I was super high when I watched it with Stephen, and we were and he may have been I don't know if if his work listens to this, uh, but. Um, <laughs> He was like, he is really good, and and I really hate him. And I was like, yeah, that's the point. That's what wrestling wrestling makes you hate certain people and love certain people. That's how they get you jazzed up. Um, so I was like, even if I hate him as a person, and I hate him for how good he is as a wrestler, I can't fucking fault the guy for being an artist. <laughs> and then I tried to explain that sentiment to Laura the next day when I was sober, and she just looked at me blankly, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" As someone who is way more into like the theatrical arts than I am, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 infuriating how good he is. Um, yeah, it's annoying. But also on the other side, Bad Bunny, who is a uh, rapper, uh, is also insanely good at wrestling and not like running crypto scams. So yeah, just like him instead. <laughs> Do you know what I really enjoy this time? And I I don't know if, if this always happens or if this was just the first time I noticed it. Is that there's always Spanish announcers. Oh yeah, for the WWE pay-per-views because it has a huge following in South America, so they get real Spanish announcers and that I guess they hear on the commentary. Um, but usually they just give them like a thing on the bottom that says, "Oh, here's the Spanish announcers." But this time, they gave them some actual airtime to speak Spanish during the the regular stream, which I yeah. felt was was quite cool, quite inclusive. Yeah, I do love that the Spanish announce team basically exist because they wanted to start putting people through the announce tables, but they didn't <laughs> want to screw up their English language broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. But uh, that's enough about wrestling. Yeah. Should we talk about Star Trek? Should we talk about the episode oh. of Star Trek where Data reveals that he's a big supporter of, of the Ra? I, I, let, let me address this before we go on. This is the episode of Star Trek that is too hot for TV. Yes, cannot not broadcast in the UK or Ireland. Other Northern Ireland, I think it was it was in the Republic. Yeah. Um, at time of release, it wasn't. I look. I googled this. It wasn't broadcast. Um, it, it was it broadcast eventually on Sky in 1992, but they edited the line out, and it was finally shown unedited in 2006. Uh, and then other Sky and BBC, BBC Two only finally showed the episode in two thousand and seven. Jesus Christ! And for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, there is one line of dialogue where um, Data is basically justifying terrorism uh, by saying, "So you like about it? It works." 
Um, yeah. And one of the examples he gives is the Irish reunification of 2024. And that one line of dialogue was so offensive to the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the BBC couldn't they couldn't justify taking the license fee off of the public if they also had that line in it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> my favourite, my, however my favourite thing about that line is that Data says it while wearing a black and tan outfit <laughs> credit to Laura for that joke <laughs> when when that line came up, and then I re- remembered that this was the episode that was like banned. And, I, and given given the ongoing lore of our podcast, um, <laughs> I, I I was delighted. <laughs> I I don't know what it was. I I I we got about three minutes into it uh, before I vaguely recalled the name of the the title of the episode. Turned around to Laura and said, oh, "This is the episode where Data says up the rat." <laughs> It's, it's also, it's also, like, I'm going to say it right now, the Irish reunification of 2024, man. We're getting there. It's enti- entirely possible, given what's <laughs> happening at the <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> <laughs> the, fu- the memes that will fucking fly around if that fucking happens will be gold. Uh, <laughs> Brent Spiner will never have to buy a pint in Ireland again. <laughs> imagine he does now i think saying that was probably enough i think he probably hasn't bought a pint in ireland since 1991 <laughs> he probably hasn't bought a pint anywhere it probably the thing about being brent spiner is that he probably walks into any bar and there's enough people who recognize him as data from tng to be like i'll get you a pint <laughs> now given that was said in this episode i want to want to bring up something about this episode that infuriated me though because um, they like at one point in the bridge they have to like ask the transporter room to do something and the person who answers isn't O'Brien this is an O'Brien-less episode yeah baffling <laughs> that's because this, the, the, the reason that Data knew that this was the Irish reunification of 2024 is that this was the uh, 200th anniversary of that happening and uh, O'Brien put in his annual leave for this <laughs> Eight months ago, and said, "I need, I need the day before, I need the day off, and I need three days after off." No, the problem is that Cole Meany was originally going to be in this episode, but every time uh, Brent Spiner delivered that line, he just shouted up the raw from <laughs> off the camera, and they had to ask him to leave. <laughs> uh, this is the this is the first time that I've seen uh, a red shirt death on TNG. Oh yeah, because uh, normally uh, said gold it's just shirt, because yeah. all of the other red shots who died in this episode were people in the bar who asked O'Brien to calm down. <laughs> it's also, I think it's the first time that Picard punches someone. Uh, like I wrote a proper down. lays them out for a, 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 an older gent. <laughs> here's here's my uh, here's my note for that. Action Picard space alternate Picardio. <laughs> Again, I think credit to Laura on that one. Is that is that his series of fitness DVDs? It's like <laughs> in the future, the only thing people just do Picardio and Tybo. Weirdly, it comes back. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What the fuck? What was Tybo? What was that all about? Oh, I, 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 it was dancing that was also a bit like Taekwondo. I, I don't, I don't know. It was fight dancing. It's what Ruby Roundhouse does in the, Jumanji. Because from what I understand, because there, there is the the dance fighting uh, of Capoeira. But from, yes. from from what I understand, the reason that Capoeira exists is that uh, slaves uh, on plantations, etc., uh, wanted to, to to train how and how to defend themselves and train their children and that, but obviously they couldn't be seen to look like they were planning an uprising uh, <laughs> of of punches and kicks. So they had they had to make it look like dance. Uh, yeah, and that's where Capoeira. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that is the 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 equivalent of a backronym, uh, or, yeah. or whether that is accurate. If if you know, tell us in the comments, uh, Laura or James. Um, yeah. Or if you also want your name mentioned on this podcast, let us know that you're one of the fourteen people who listened to it, and we'll uh, yeah. bring you up every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an episode specifically for you. We'll do an episode that's just asking how you're getting on. And then when you don't answer, because that's not how podcasts work, we'll move on for 10 seconds, and then we'll ask you how you're getting on again. <laughs> the, given, <laughs> given the rate of growth this podcast listenership has gone under, there will be a point in the future where we can't mention every listener by name, but that will be some point around Deep Space Nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was saying to Stephen earlier, and I went, yeah, I'm recording with Eddie later, and he went, oh, how's that going? And I said, well... I think that Eddie has high hopes uh, for it taking off and being really big, but to be honest, I just treat it as being able to hang out with Eddie for an hour every week, so both yeah. of us are pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm using this to learn the skills that I might one day use on a successful project. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start out on a mall planet, every yeah. terrorist okay. dream. <laughs> right, I want to throw this out here. We have criticised the people behind the scenes at, at Star Trek previously for sometimes somewhat phoning it in with the alien design, right? <laughs> we have to mention this. Because these aliens are exactly like humans, except that every man, specifically men, not the women, all the men have one grey stripe in their hair. They've got the rogue haircut going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. That's it. So it's a really easy planet to be trans on. You just get some air dye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, more planet, terrorist attack. Worf fucking is shit in this episode. And Bev is... Oh, I looked at Beverly's... I looked up Beverly's rank... Um, because of this, uh, yes. she is a commander. She is the same rank as uh, Riker. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and I like that she rushes to help people, and, uh, and Picard's like, "Well, we can just beam you up. It's dangerous there. We've got to beam you up." And then he just looks at Riker, and Riker's like, "I'm not going to be in a transporter when you beam her in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I I, I I quite like that they're like, "Oh, she's doctoring. We can't stop her." Yeah, because Picard, because we have always wondered about what is the situation with the ship's doctor in terms of rank. Yeah. And at one point in this episode, Picard does pull, pull rank on Bev. But yeah. I guess that Riker can't, right? No, 
He does. He does say you're supposed to, later on. He says we wouldn't be in a situation if you followed orders. And the response is, well, if you gave reasonable orders, I yeah. would. Which is is by the way, it seems ludicrous, but is the the actual system that we have on Earth now? Yeah. Because you're not allowed to say I was just following orders in defence for a war crime. Um, so well, do you? I mean, you you must know the story of of where that comes from, which was a I think it was the Soviet Union. And it came down to one bloke, and it was the bloke who was like, if you've seen movies about nuclear bombs, there's always like two blokes that that turn the keys at the same time and then press the button. And uh, at one point, I think in the eighties or maybe the early nineties, the Soviet Union got a warning that the US were firing nuclear weapons at them, (laughs) and. It came down to, obviously went to the highest command, and then they were all like, right, well, we've got to retaliate, you've got to do it, you've got to press the button, and it, this one dude was like, I don't I don't feel like this is right, there's something wrong here, I, I just don't, I get bad vibes, so he refused to do it, and literally has saved the humanity from a nuclear winter, like that one yeah. guy going, I've got bad feeling about this. Yeah, I think it was specifically, he sort of his his feeling was this has come out of nowhere, and you would figure there might be some mounting tensions, which yeah. there very much wasn't at that period. There was kind of like an easing off of tensions. But yeah, that one guy I, can, I can't remember his name, but he's the only reason that we are all alive. So so they 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 changed that. Like I don't know if it was the UN or, the, or Russia or just all the armies, that, but they said that no, you, you you can't you can't be faulted for not following. An unreasonable the end, order. The yeah. world order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so she gets like kidnapped away, and then it's basically the whole episode is oh, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Um, and then there's a, a woman who's like the leader of the forces who are against the terrorists, and the more she talks, the more she is a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> sort yeah. of by accident. <laughs> yeah, and it is that thing of oh, she, but but it's, I guess it's always that thing of yeah, she is a bit fascist, but they do seem to have order and they seem to be able to go to the mall whenever they want. <laughs> but also, she's arresting kids, like oh, and and I I like going to the mall when there's no kids, but I'd rather <laughs> that it was just because it was a weekday rather than because all the kids were in jail. Oh, it's a real, it's a real intellectual, you know, balance. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. If the if the only way that I can go shopping without any kids is because all the kids are in jail, maybe at that point I'll vote for it. But if there's <laughs> if there's any alternative, then no. If what I love about Star Trek is it will sometimes take like a complicated issue. And like introduce the idea that there's more nuance to it, and how it's chosen to do that in this episode is, it takes who should historically be the good guys and makes them go like full fascist, and then to like balance it out on the other side, the terror terrorists slash freedom fighters are like go full Al Qaeda, uh, yeah. like there's no. Like they don't like oh maybe the summer in the middle says no they're both extreme oh don't trust that um, yeah yeah and that and that's what made me write down this question in my notes um, Eddie Eddie Daniel Edwards uh, on the record uh, which terrorist groups do you think were correct 
um, well, um, I've got a lot of uh, I've got a lot of time for Etta, the Basque separatists. Uh, yeah, you you go on. Uh, you do. Uh, you. All I'm saying is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who work at the 9/11 Memorial Museum who wouldn't have a job were it not for Al Qaeda. <laughs> Look, look, I, look, I'm just going to say, Pete, Pete Davidson wouldn't have some of his best material if it wasn't for 9-11, so... Uh. Um, I went to, uh, about a year ago, I went to New York. No, it must be about two years ago now. I went to New York for, for work, uh, and I went there with, without my fiance. So I spent like a, about a week there, right? And I was going around and I was, I was recording things. Uh, and uh, our uh, tradition is that we buy the worst fridge magnet that we can find. Right. And uh, this time, <laughs> I was... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't mean... To, so that was my goal, but this time I, I didn't mean to do this. But I, I went down to... Oh, I, I was very... I was going to look at the Ghostbusters movie locations. Um, so I went, I, I went down to the, the museum from Ghostbusters 2... Uh, which is actually like literally like across the street from the Men in Black headquarters, yeah. which you might not know. Um, but to get there, you have to. <laughs> I was going to say to get there, you have to go through nine eleven. But to get there, you have to go through the the the, the trade center. Yeah, because it's down Battery Park. It's down uh, Battery Park that area, isn't it? Yeah. And the the trade center's like it's be, it's almost on the coast, right? Uh, but uh, I went down there and I was like, I was gagging for a drink and I thought, well, I'm going to have to do some work when I get there. I'll stop off in a pub for one. Uh, so I wandered into this pub, like on the World Trade Center, uh, just just on the on the street. And I sat down and I kind of looked around and I realized, oh my God, this is like a cop pub. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying if you're if you're in New York and I I absolutely mean no offense to you I I legitimately consider like New York like a it, a spiritual home like it, right like I I, I, I love, love New York, York. I I, I I love it like you would not believe um but uh, but I looked around and I was like this is fucking weird and then I looked up and I saw t-shirts for sale <laughs> and <laughs> the the t-shirt was a picture of the Twin Towers. Um, and it says O'Hare's bar stands with the stands with the heroes of nine eleven. Um, what? Never forget <laughs> an American flag, right? And I started laughing. <laughs> the barman came over. He asked me if I wanted another one. I went, "I'll have another one." How much are your t-shirts? And he went twenty-five bucks. And I went, "I'll take one." And he said, "We only have an XXXL." And I went, "Even better." <laughs> So I have that now, <laughs> and that's what I gave her in, in lieu of a uh, a magnet. <laughs> Does it go on the fridge too big? The fridge could wear it, <laughs> but uh... that that t shirt doesn't need to exist because I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, if you are anybody who lives in New York, I'm gonna take it as red that you stand with the heroes of of, of 9 and also but specifically, if you are a bar called O'Hare's, right? <laughs> yeah, on the corner of World Trade Center, and also they never forget. If I turn into you and say, "Do you remember 9-11? And they're like, "What?" <laughs> of course, they're not going to forget it. <laughs> Don't need to say it, mate. 
But you do need to print it on a t-shirt. And I'll buy it. That must have been a complicated day for the people working at O'Hare's because that is the day that somebody who is an Irish American's views on terrorism would have very much changed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Commander Data. What does he have to say about this? If we ever if we ever if we ever do this live, I'll wear that t shirt. <laughs> if for some reason this takes off because you commit a crime and then this gets famous and I have to bring in a new host, I'll wear that t shirt on the live show. <laughs> so the so the plot of this episode so the so these um these these freedom fighter terrorists, take your pick, uh they have they have developed a new form of transportation which is like dimension dimension sliding but it gives them cancer yeah but they're not happy about that so they they kidnap bev to uh, help them solve that problem yeah and her cure is is just just don't don't do it um yeah they're like well unfortunately there are no doors <laughs> to our secret <laughs> underground base so we have to uh <laughs> They do also manage to later on kidnap Picard. Fair play. Yeah, fair play. And they're going to, and they almost blow up the Enterprise. Right, I was going to say it brings up because they beam in. uh, Well, they don't beam in; they dimension slide in. Yeah, and they stick a bomb to it, to the warp core, and then um, Geordi takes the bomb off and puts his comm badge on it, as because they can't beat, they can't just beam the explosive off for some reason. And they say, "It says beam my combat out, beam me out of the the ship." Um, is that the first time that's been done? Because that becomes quite a standardised like play in Star Trek going forward. Is the it's old... the, certainly the first time I think it's been done in TNG. It might have been done in TOS. Well, no, because I guess in TOS it's the communicators, right? Like the yeah, they don't have the combat. Yeah. So yeah, so that that I mean. Don't don't mess with what works. It's it's obviously an excellent tactic. Yeah, no, it's a great plan. Yeah, and I fully support it. And I really, but I also do. I find it weird that he instructs them to beam the explosive like two kilometers off the side of the ship. Yeah, and it's like you can beam that down to like the bottom of the ocean <laughs> on the planet you're above. Why not do that? Why do, you don't know how explosive that explosive is. Two kilometres could have been nowhere near enough space, especially with your shields down. Take us down. Talking about comm badges, this episode confirmed to me something that I've been curious about, which and, and we talked about it on this podcast, which is how does the communication work between individuals when you just touch the comm badge? Um, right. But the but the comm badge messages they must only work for one person each if specified. Because Crusher and Data are next to each other. Um, Data calms Picard, who Picard then calms Crusher, and he references things that she should have been able to hear talking to Data, but she didn't. Yeah. So it must. So if you do a Picard to a bridge to Crusher, it must only be heard by her. Right. Okay. 
That's or she just wasn't listening. Yeah, or she was busy helping the person that because she's a doctor. Yeah, and she was like, I do like that she's like, oh, but the, also I'm gonna say this like Bev's like, oh no, I'm I'm here, I'm gonna help these people, and it's like, but they have their own doctors, and also <laughs> yeah. their doctors would be probably more experts at their own physiology than Bev, who at best. This is one of a thousand uh, like aliens that she knows how the, the physiology of. Yeah. So, unless everybody's basic, unless unless we get into space, it turns out everybody's basically the same. Which <laughs> that's what it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They could have. Yeah. They just uh, set set this one out, Bev. <laughs> Don't worry about it, mate. Because this planet, because this yeah. planet isn't in the Federation. No. But they are right. obviously post-warp, because I said in my notes, is the Prime Directive fair when it comes to post-warp but non-Federation planets? Yeah, they say at the beginning it's a non-Federation, but they have a trade relationship with them. Yeah. Which is... I, that's a whole can of... Like, I don't... Like, because what are they buying from them that they can't make themselves? Well, it's a mall, so pretzels... <laughs> uh, they go in there to get the batteries on their phones replaced. Um, there's a sharper uh, image. In they there. they <laughs> they sign up for Sky Television. That planet has all of the stores that you remember being in shopping malls that are gone now. So there's an Athena. Yeah, you, know, you can get a, a post, post. That's why Picard's there. He wants a poster of that um, tennis girl scratching her ass. Uh, there's a game station <laughs> where you're just like isn't this just game and they're like yeah but it's cool because our staff wear jeans whereas in game they have to wear trousers yeah <laughs> and we're extreme man does my game loyalty card work in here yeah 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 totally yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> that was the day that I learned capitalism was a lie yeah I thought game station were cool so the only the only reason you're here is to give the illusion of competition. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they um, their relationship with these people that trade with they give them medical supplies, and the um, rebels, terrorists, whatever you want to call them, they are fighting a war, and the reason given is that sixty years ago they denied them their independence. There's no further explanation of any of the information about that as to if that was done by vote (laughs) or anything approaching democracy. And Riker's just like, oh, fair enough. Um, And he just, yeah, I don't don't know if this is a planet that the, the Federation should necessarily be doing business with. All I can assume is that having this trade relationship helps keep the whole area stable. Right, so even though they might not be doing the right thing, you have a good relationship with them, and not such a good a relationship with the Palestinians. Sorry, um, with the freedom fighters. Um. <laughs> they seem very, to me, the, the the freedom fighters seem very Quebecian. Right, okay. and uh, <laughs> as a uh, as a yes voting, independence supporting, card carrying member of the SNP, Scottish man. Uh, it probably is quite ironic for me to say that the people of Quebec should probably just chill the fuck out a bit. <laughs> Isn't Quebec like one of the middle bits of Canada as well? It's like they don't have the coast. I think it's on the top right. Is it? 
Yeah. I don't think they've got enough going on. All I know is they speak French, but not in a sexy accent. So what's the fucking point? (laughs) French exists to be said sexily. It's not a real language. Everything I know about Quebec comes from one episode of a documentary, a series on Netflix about weird financial things that have happened around the world. And that was that Quebec on one occasion was the, was the victim of the great maple syrup heist. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's basically, um, so the Quebec government buy all of the maple syrup and then they sell it off. Sort yeah. of like OPEC do with the oil. Yeah. But with maple syrup, so it's inherently funnier, right? <laughs> and then um, there is a a, Quebec, a bunch of Quebecian maple syrup farmers decided they didn't like this. So what they did is they got somebody working on the inside and they were draining all the barrels and selling illegal um, maple syrup off outside the Quebec borders. And yeah, it's, it's as dumb as it sounds uh, and it's kind of wonderful. Everything I know about Quebec comes from one line in Die Hard. <laughs> when they're calling up uh, Ronnie Cox. Is it Ronnie? No, it's not Ronnie Cox. It's it's the it's the principal from uh, the Breakfast Club, and, and yeah. Hans Gruber's telling him about all the uh, all the terrorist groups that he wants, uh, like the Provos. Uh, and one of them is Liberté de Quebec, and that's exactly how Alan Rickman says it, and that's everything I know about Quebec. I love the implication there that there are Quebec Quebecois or Quebecian freedom fighters currently in jail in Canada for their cause. And I just, when, what were they arrested for? When was there a fucking terrorist attack in fucking Quebec? Yeah, because I, I, if the current, the current situation in the United Kingdom, if you're not aware, is that, is that some of Scotland I would hesitate to say half. I say most of Scotland wants there to be another independence referendum to kind of put it to bed after yeah. Brexit, because because even some of the of the of the anti-independence people feel a bit cheated that we were promised one thing and then kind of Brexit immediately happened, and we feel like that was that was kind of bad news. Uh, so yeah. so most so the the majority of people in Scotland support another referendum. Whether they support yes or no is it changes on the week, um, but uh, a, a Scottish Republican army would be fucking ridiculous because how, how, how really would you tell the difference between that and a bunch <laughs> of lads just going to Carlisle for the weekend? <laughs> a bunch of if a bunch of Scottish people turn up in London, for example, uh, to commit acts of violence, we won't know whether it's a terrorist attack or a stag do. Right, so that's the joke well, I just did, but you did it more succinctly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or to be fair, or 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 a football match. Yeah, there are people in Scotland whose lawns still have glass from Wembley from last time we played the national game down there. There is apparently. <laughs> I don't know if this is an urban myth, but. Uh, when the new Wembley was built almost exclusively by Scottish contractors, uh, <laughs> and there is apparently a Scottish flag under the centre point on the, on the pitch. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. I hope that is true. That's nice um, because that's friendly, right? 
Um, yeah. If England did that to us, uh, we would set them on fire. <laughs> uh, because this is this is a point I was talking about with my brother earlier, uh, which is that English people don't seem to understand when when it's like uh, like if we're on holiday. Like I was at a festival once, uh, and uh, there was a big England game on, and all my English friends were there to watch it, and I was there because I've nothing better to do. Uh, and they said like, "Oh, can't you get behind us for one day? We would get behind Scotland." And I'm like, "Right, the fact that you think that kind of proves." what you think of us because it it's you don't you don't understand that this is important to us but it's not important to you Uh, yeah it's also worth noting that when english people say if scotland were doing well in the world cup we'd support them what we're not saying is the next bit is but that won't happen so yeah exactly Like if Wales if Wales were doing well, I'd be like, good for them. But we support them. <laughs> yeah, it's the same way. Like if like you know if Ireland are doing well in it in sports, I'm like, oh good, good for Ireland. I'm, I'm glad it's them and not like the Germans. But right, it's, yeah, yeah, it's. The, oh no, I support the, Ireland because I'm married to one of them, and I'm about to be. Yeah, the yeah. same way. Uh, I, I I support Wales broadly because because. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's but anybody who if if you're English and you don't understand why Scottish people don't support you, imagine you imagine like imagine if imagine if Al Qaeda were doing well. (laughs) I was going to say imagine like somehow Britain, if England was part of the German Empire and Germany (laughs) were doing well in the football, and they turned around to us, goes, why can't you just get behind us, lads? We'd do it if you were doing well. Yeah, you know the you know the way that like if you if you fail to understand that concept as an English person, um, imagine you were part of a um, of a union, right? And say <laughs> Germany was demonstrably the biggest part of it, and everyone else was like, "Don't worry about it." If 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 you were doing well, we would support you. Uh, imagine you made a stupid fucking decision just because you thought Germany was more in charge than you were. That's why we don't support England at football. <laughs> is is that feeling? But luckily, that's a thing that lasts ninety minutes and then the fucking hangover the next day, rather than all of your children's future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I look forward to an episode of Star Trek that's the, of like Strange New Worlds that won't get broadcast in the UK because they mention Britain rejoining the fucking EU. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a weird episode because it's it does this like to get back to the episode because it, it does the, it does that thing of like you know. It does the thing of like trying to do oh it, who's good who's bad and but without like making because what they do is to try and humanize the 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 leader of the the bad of the terrorists is he can draw he can do art which is kind of a bad point to make because it seems like their point that they're making is well he can't really be a monster if he's also artistic but historically speaking. <laughs> History's arguably greatest monster was also somebody who did 
paintings, which are now hanging up in the house of a, a Republican super donor who, who regularly has members of the Supreme Court come to his house. Um, to be fair, <laughs> if someone offered you an original Hitler, <laughs> would you take it? Because it, it's, it's not like the Harry Potter debate about should you support <laughs> Harry Potter while she's alive to take money and give it to anti-trans charity, regardless of your actual feelings on the property of Harry Potter. Really, if you want to be an ally, you, yeah, I, I'm, I, 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 I don't, I'm not sure how much I disagree with the whole thing of, oh, the only way you can be an ally is just to pretend that Harry Potter doesn't exist. I, I, I'm not, I'm not on board with that, but, but. I, I think there's nuanced. No. I think there's nuanced levels to the whole thing, right? But um, you are like if you you are directly giving money to her, and then does it? She has a blah blah blah. Doesn't matter, right? But Hitler's not making any money out of it. So I I to be and like at the very fucking least, it's a conversation piece, isn't it? Right. Here's what I do. Even if the conversation is, ah, it's not very good, is it? Here's here's what I do. Um, and, and first of all, never say Hitler's art wasn't good. It was that that started this whole thing. If they just let <laughs> me to art school, right? <laughs> but, yeah, we learned a lesson on that one. <laughs> right. Um, so there is a, a TV show called Justified, which is absolutely phenomenal TV if you ever see it. But there is an episode of that which um, deals with, um, there's like, a, it's basically, a guy's a US marshal. So it's like hunting people down and like people who are, uh, I, I, like it basically it's going to arrest people who other agencies can't get. That's, that's his whole thing. And there is an episode of that that is set in the art world. And it turns out when the episode is, is done that what the piece of art that everyone's after and the whole thing's about is, a, is an original Hitler. And the there is a gentleman um, in that episode who is Jewish and is a collector of Hitler's art and when um, he eventually asks him like you eventually ask him about it and he goes oh do you want to see my collection he goes oh yeah yeah, yeah like out of interest like I see it and his collection is a room that he's got in his house full of jars and the jars uh, all contain the ashes of one of Hitler's artworks now, oh. that's what I, yeah oh. that's what I, <laughs> because I because I'm very much of the opinion that art can be transient art is just whatever art is at the time like if you destroyed the Mona Lisa in a way that was impressive I wouldn't consider that necessarily a loss of great art I would consider maybe that manoeuvre as art in its own because one, one of the biggest problems I have with with uh, people who are alive um, is that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... don't, don't, don't do it Mark you're going to annoy one of our key demographics <laughs> <laughs> is that people who are alive don't see themselves from the perspective of living through history Yeah, uh, all history is, is chronicled in the future right so what we do now doesn't really make a difference until then, and then it can be studied in that. So th- there was a part of me that was like, oh, if you get an original Hitler and just, like, draw a big thumbs down on it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you've transcended that art. Like, it's not... that No one's going to be like, oh, but we're not going to get any more Hitlers. Uh, 
like, oh fuck it, we've we've we had a Hitler, turns out, bad idea. Um, and uh, now I've made my point. Fuck it, I feel like I've made my point very clear with yeah. the Simpsons hand thumbs down that I've drawn on it in permanent marker. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's good. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, burn them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because that them, then the ashes themselves are art. Yeah, jar full of ashes. Put a little date on it, and then somebody goes like date and the title of the piece, and somebody goes they go oh what's that? I go oh it's the original Adolf Hitler painting. And yeah. Why has it been burned? Because I'm not a fucking sociopath. Because yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've burned it because I think that burning it would have annoyed Hitler. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, I say the Mona Lisa, but like the Mona Lisa's good. Um, <laughs> If you go online and look at Hitler's paintings, I don't care how much of a neo-Nazi you are. Your 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 interpretation of them is going to be, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason when after he was after he was like stopped going to art school, I, as as if I understand it, he didn't even carry on painting much as a hobby. Um, he had other things on. If, uh, <laughs> here's what I think of the quality of Hitler's paintings, right? Um, <laughs> If Hitler wasn't that, if Hitler wasn't Hitler, um, and his painting sold well enough to be hung on hotel walls, uh, that's the hotel wall. I wouldn't book into it specifically to commit suicide, but I could be convinced when I was there. Because <laughs> I'd look at it and I'd be like, "Is this it? Is that is this the best that humans are ever going to be?" <laughs> The, the worry, the, the worry <laughs> thing is in in that timeline, right? In that yeah. timeline, you'd be looking at the art and just be going, "Is this the best this man could do with his life?" Not knowing that the answer was resoundingly yes. Yeah, and the alternative, it's difficult. Like the alternative is is what what I'm saying is what if somebody, what if Hitler was a very popular but very bad artist? Yeah. And somebody used a time machine to stop him from getting into art school because they didn't like looking at his pictures. I just and then gets back and is like, "Oh, what have I done?" I don't think this is a controversial statement, Eddie, but I think that over time, uh, Hitler could have killed more people with his mediocre art than he did during the Holocaust <laughs> if he'd average, if he'd averaged them out, and if he just like today with the Exum game, uh, I had a bet on for three two. And it got right. to that point at the end, and I would have won £95 if I'd stuck the game. Uh, but there was 10 minutes to go, so I decided to cash out and get 55 And, uh, you know. That's a lot like Hitler. It's uh, a lot like Hitler. It's a lot like what Hitler did. <laughs> fast. Bond fast. <laughs> How did we get onto the subject of Hitler's art career again? Well, because the guy in this draws. Oh yeah, draws. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that the fascist um, lady in this um, starts off by selling um, Riker that she used to be a moderate, uh, yeah. and then uh, I assume she got cancelled by the left, uh, so she became a fascist. You know, as they tend to do. Uh, <laughs> and then um, she was, she's all like, "Oh, I, don't, I wish I could walk the streets without people trying to kill me." And it's like, "Well, you can at home." <laughs> You're yeah. here oh. with your shitty opinions. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, good episode of Star Trek Great that you episode. probably you, that you probably haven't seen because it never got it didn't get broadcast here for for ages. Yeah. If you want to see, because because the problem is now, Mark, that Star Trek these days is too political. 
Not like it used to be when it was banned from being broadcast in the UK because of political things that is said. <laughs> I wish they'd gotten Jerry Adams to play the the freedom fight. What data? <laughs> just for I that one got, scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just that exact line that goes he's asking him about like these things and he goes, and the Irish reunification of twenty twenty four. But in order to stay in accordance with British television broadcasting over the time they got French by not to provide the voice. <laughs> Look it up. God, do we I, I, we should explain that to in case there's anyone who doesn't know. Um the Brit British you used to not be allowed to have Jerry Adams's real voice on yeah. British TV because it was deemed too authoritative. Yes. Uh, if so you wonder were... how far Britain has fallen as an empire, in the late <laughs> 80s and early 90s, they were so terrified of Jerry Adams that they had to overdub him on television. Now, if you're either a young one or an American, Google Jerry Adams and tell me that that Mr. Bean-looking motherfucker is the scariest person that you've ever seen. Yeah, to to give you an idea of who Jerry Adams is, if you want an entertaining way, if you watch the Netflix movie The Foreigner starring Jackie Chan, Jerry Adams is the Piers Brosnan character. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think Jerry, I uh, Jerry, I think Piers Brosnan only made that movie because he's annoyed that Jerry Adams hasn't died young enough for Piers to play him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like so. If ever you worry that like Britain is no longer a free country, just remember it. It never was. Um, <laughs> free speech exists uh, literally in one corner of Hyde Park. Uh, that's 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 an actual fact of British law. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <sighs> well, on that note, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give this episode a nice watch. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>